Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And, of course, credit scores is all of our business with far-reaching implications from everything from you know, getting a job to owning a vehicle or house or you name it. It's endless. And a very interesting report I read this week from the Washington Post by our guest today, Andrew Van Damme who is a reporter there with The Post. Andrew, welcome to the program. You're part of an ongoing series we've been doing with The Washington Post now for about a year or over a year that uh, different reporters every week talking about their story. This one was really special. I found it fascinating. I love this series we've been doing because very few publications have the depth and breadth of coverage that I think is so needed today, like the Washington Post. And so uh, I encourage my listeners to check out WashingtonPost.com to get more information. And uh, I'm a write-a-center thinker, and so I'm always challenged by Washington Post because it's not. It's certainly left of center, in my opinion. Um, But I think that's part of being a sound thinker is to allow your views to be challenged. And I always learn something whenever I read the post, and and it's one of my most important subscriptions I have. So welcome to the program, Andrew. Thank you so much. So tell us about the uh, story itself. Kind of set the stage on how you found yourself working on this. Right. So um, it all started when I saw a uh, map of credit scores in the United States from a fantastic study from researchers from the Fed, the IMF, National University of Singapore. They had fantastic credit credit card data. They had basically everyone's credit score who has had a credit card in the United States. They have this wonderfully detailed map of credit scores all across the country. And when you look at it, one thing immediately jumps out. Credit scores tend to be a lot lower in the South and like neatly all across the American South than in the rest of the country. And that to me was an immediate puzzle. I, you know, wondered what in the world could possibly be going on that uh, an entire chunk of the country would tend to have worse credit. It's not immediately obvious. Yeah, that is fascinating. And this is particularly uh, interesting that because, you know, what does credit mean? Well, credit is, is kind of a word reflective of the word credible, credible around money. That is the origins of the word credit. And, uh, you know, you're talking about a culture, uh, pull yourself up from your own bootstraps kind of culture that's ubiquitous in the South. Yeah, maybe not so much when it comes to handling your finances. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So Makes you uh, think. That- that was um, actually the first thought of some of our readers as well. And um, I wondered about some cultural explanations too, though my first uh, thought was a deeper one, which was that the South does tend to have, well, it does have the largest black population of anywhere in the country and black Americans on average have lower credit scores. So I wondered if it had something to do with, you know, the long tradition of redlining and exclusion from education that black folks have faced that may be dragging down all of the South's credit. But uh, when I split it by race, you find that the whitest parts of the South, the blackest parts of the South, the most Hispanic parts, it's just all even. Everyone (laughs) has, you know, equally large gaps with the rest of the country, with similar places in the rest of the country in terms of credit score. So it can't possibly just be race. And then you think, wait, 
maybe it's education or income because the South does have lower education, lower income, uh, higher poverty than the other four, than the other three major regions of the country, the Midwest, the West, and the Northeast. And so you think maybe it's those. And yes, credit scores are a little bit correlated with education. They are a little bit correlated with income. But even within like looking only at high income people, if they're in the South or places, if they're in the South, they're going to have lower credit scores than equally high income places elsewhere. Same with low income places. So it can't just be those factors. And that's why I thought this was such a dang puzzle. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, and uh, the more you got, it almost the more depth you had, it sounds like the more puzzling it became. <laughs> exactly. Man, everybody, I uh, I would I would carry this map around with me on my phone and hold it up and be like, what the heck is going on? If someone was unlucky enough to walk by my desk in the newsroom, I, you know, pigeonhole them and ask them about the Southern credit scores. And I could not figure it out. Well, tell me what you what you what you came up with as you uh, as you right. did this. And, and by so, the way, uh, your, data is your thing. You're, you know, talking to you about data is like talking to you know a, a, a kid about amusement parks, parks or the Marvel <laughs> universe. You know, I, I've read your work before, and uh, you know, you geek out like a kid when it comes to data. I love it. You know, I, I love data too, but I kind of like watching your awe. Uh, more than uh, trying to figure it out myself. So what kind of conclusions <laughs> And that is kind of what I try and do is take people along on, as I was, I've been doing data for a long time and I realized that a lot of the time uh, the journey was just as interesting as the destination. So once we started this column, we wanted to bring folks along on this journey where I started an absolute ignorance about credit scores and then I started asking people around the office and one of them I asked was my new graphics colleague, Luis Melgar. And he uh, knew somebody at the Urban Institute who specializes in credit score data, who has a large sample of credit score data from one of the major ratings agencies, and it was working this, with this for years. And so when I called Brino Braga at Urban, he within it was within 16 seconds. He was like, it's got to be medical debt. That has got to be the story here. We find it's highly rela- uh, correlated with credit scores. It's very high in the South. And it just about perfectly maps, uh, matches your credit score map. And sure enough, I start running the numbers, and medical debt, more than anything else I've looked at, uh, is highly correlated with low credit scores. And if you look at places with similar medical debt inside and outside the South, they have roughly the same credit scores. It's just that there are way more places with high medical debt in the American South. Wow. But, so why why do you think uh, that person was able to figure that out? That's that's pretty insightful, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, it, 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 there's nothing that's going to make you lose your home, your car. Uh, half of all bankruptcies in the United States are linked to uh, your medical debt. Half. I mean, it's shocking when you see how devastating it is. So how does this person know? Uh, through being maybe the world's biggest credit data nerd, even more than me, because he has been working with uh, a 2 to 4% of all uh, credit reports in the U.S. He has them anonymized on his uh, massive database there, going back to 2012. So he can look at things that no one else uh, I talk to can. He can dig deeper and look at... Is it auto debt? Is it college debt? Is it um, credit card debt? And he can sort of tease out the different debt types in a way that the rest of us don't have the ability to do. Yeah, that is fascinating. And, of course, 
Then you get into another correlation, right? The um, number of people who have health insurance and the type right. of insurance they have. You know, it, it begins to extrapolate into all other kinds of issues. Right, and it's uh, it's sort of a nice little Venn diagram between uh, you. First, you look at health conditions because you're like, who who has bad medical debt? Well, it's people who are struggling with chronic health conditions, and the South does have higher rates of these conditions than the rest of the country. But you also see that there are some states, in especially the Great Lakes region, uh, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, where they have the same chronic health problems that they do in the South, but the credit scores aren't nearly as low. So you wonder what could possibly be going on. And that's when you think about insurance rates and you realize that uh, insurance rates in the South are significantly lower than the rest of the country, um, especially lower than those uh, Great Lakes states we were talking about before. And so obviously people are running into these chronic health issues and they're not being covered by insurance. And they're also not being covered by something else, which you uh, probably already guessed, and that is Medicaid, because so many southern states uh, have not yet expanded Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. Of the 11 states that haven't expanded Medicaid, I believe eight of them are in the South. Ah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Uh, and I, I'm curious, because I geek out a little too, um, I'm curious... The age demographics, did that play much of a factor? Right. And I was surprised to find that it didn't really play much of a factor at all. There wasn't a really strong correlation between age and uh, credit scores or medical debt or anything else like that. And there especially wasn't the sort of situation where it explains all the gap between the South and the rest of the country. I looked at age. I looked at population density. I thought maybe it was an urban-rural thing. I even looked at the age of buildings, and you may think that's insane, but it's sort of a proxy for, you know, how settled is a community? How, uh, is it a nice new suburb, or is it, you know, an aging core or something like that? And so I looked at all these things and found almost no relationship. I find this fascinating. So, so overall, you would say this is the number one cause, this problem of, uh, of debt, medical debt particularly. Right. I We can't say it's the only cause. There's a lot more going on. You know how incredibly complicated your credit situation can be and how incredibly complicated credit score formulas are. But uh, medical debt is more than any other single factor, the one that we found that explains the difference best. Yeah, I love this story. It's fascinating. Uh, well, I, I, I find it sad, but I find it fascinating as well. Uh, by the way, again, I guess Andrew, Andrew Van Damme, he is with the Washington Post. Uh, he's with the Department of Data. He is the data czar. Uh, why the South, why does South have such low credit scores? Phenomenal stories. What, what is, uh, what, first of all, what are some of the takeaways from this? And, and really, what do you see potentially brewing from a public policy perspective? Because there are some things that could be addressed and certainly need to be addressed. And when we talk about financial hardship, I, I, I'm pretty sure healthcare is always number one uh, cause that we hear about. Oh, absolutely. And we're slowly, slowly moving to address this. Uh, starting in around 2015, 2017, there was a uh, settlement between like 31 states attorney general and uh, the credit rating agencies, which led to 
a slight downplaying of the role of medical debt, some more grace periods, that kind of thing. And then again, in 2022, uh, the CFPB put out a brutal report. Find, you know, they said medical debt is an unwanted, un, unexpected, unwanted, and financially devastating expense, and that it's far less reliable and predictive of people's ability to pay their bills uh, than other kinds of debt, of course. And um, yeah. after that CFPB report, that really started shaking things. Well, we can't say it sh shook things loose. We don't know. Correlation is not causation. But uh, less than three weeks after that report came out, the big three credit reporting bureaus, that's Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, of course, uh, said that they are taking further steps to reduce medical debt's influence on credit scores. And those things are going to start, sh are already starting to show up. For example, uh, medical bills under $500 are no longer affecting your credit at all, even if they're sent to collections, even if you haven't paid in a long time. The grace period on missing a medical bill is now extended to a full year. And if you pay off those medical bills, they're no even if they were huge overdue in collections, uh, if you pay them off, they're going to fall off your report. They're no longer going to be one of those black marks. So those things are going to start to move the needle. But you want to hear kind of the irony of this is that all of these improvements could actually pu push the South slightly farther behind because we're forgiving medical, or not forgiving, but we're taking off the credit score medical debts under $500. Now, the bills in the South, because of the insurance issues we've been talking about, tend to be a lot larger than that. And so fewer right. of the Southern bills are going to get that reprieve. And the, so that while everyone's improving, the South is going to improve a little less, and that gap is going to open even wider. Wow. Oh, the irony, the irony of it yeah. all. That is fascinating. And it really does show how uh, complicated the uh, situation is, and there is no uh, quick solutions. But uh, I, I think this report is very significant. Really glad you shared it. You know, and again, I go back to my statement at the very beginning. Credit is a fancy word, I'm using air quotes, uh, for credibility. That's what money and credit is all about, the credibility of the person who has it. And, you know, the, the one thing that makes medical difference, uh, that different from any other debt is that it's not voluntary, per se. It's not like, oh, I want this, uh, I, I want this Maserati, and you go out and buy it, and you can't maintain the, the payments. I want this new fancy house, and you can't maintain the payments. It's not like that in the vast majority of the cases. It's something they had to do. Their life literally, in many cases, depended on it. And so this is very insightful, very important, and certainly should, should be factored in uh, credit data. Final thoughts as we wrap, wrap it up. No, uh, you are absolutely right that this shouldn't reflect negatively on the credibility of Southerners or uh, even the trustworthiness, anything else, because this is in large part um, due to health factors and other factors beyond, you know, our individual control. It's a um, much larger trend that uh, isn't due to individual credibility. Yeah. Absolutely. Andrew, I really, really enjoyed our chat. I had a lot of fun geeking out with you. Uh, it's actually a lot of fun listening to you geek out, too. I see it in your articles. <laughs> I keep a track, track of your work, uh, but I, I hear it even, even more so uh, in your conversation. Conversation with Andrew Van Dam. He is a staff writer at the Washington Post, and this is a great story. Thanks for being with us, my friend. Hey, thanks so much. It was fantastic. Geek out with you anytime. I'm Kevin
You bet. I look forward to it. I'm Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business.